you so much for listening to Uplifting Impact. I have a special opportunity for you. For everybody who is a listener, we are going to be hosting a wonderful How to Be an Ally Summit. It is a virtual summit. And for those of you who are our listeners, we know that you're all ready on your allyship journey. But if you're ready to go deeper, to learn more, to put some more tools into your toolbox, we'd love to have you join us. The summit is going to be hosted February 1st through the 3rd, 2021. So go ahead, get your ticket and make sure that you get a ticket, not just for yourself, but get a ticket for somebody in your family. Get a ticket for the people that are on your team. Let's go ahead and figure out how we can move further, faster, and together. Welcome to Uplifting Impact. I am so happy to have you here for another episode. Today we have Corey Ponder with us, and I just want to make a disclosure here. Those of you who know me know that I am married to a Justin Ponder. (laughs) There is no relationship between the two of us that we could trace. We tried. We couldn't find it, but I do still feel like we're family. Is that cool? Yes. I'm going to own that too. We're family. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Corey is described as an empathy warrior. And I think when you hear more about how he comes to this work, why he does what he does, the way he does it, you're going to understand why he is considered an empathy warrior. But just want to give you a little bit of background into what he does. Corey is a huge believer in the power of human connection and how that can really drive this idea of impact. And of course, that uplifting impact, we are all about that, right? Driving towards real impact. He has over 10 years of professional experience as a policy analyst in the public sector and as a program manager and policy professional in the private sector. Corey knows that if you can look at emotional intelligence, so really that idea of self-awareness, the idea of empathy, and looking at interpersonal skills, you can push yourselves to a more committed, productive, and engaged workforce. And so that is the space that he likes to play in, is really supporting organizations and supporting leaders and getting a a hold of what's happening in the empathy space and then applying that to their leadership space. And of course, here at Uplifting Impact, we're always talking about empathy and we're always talking about how important that skill is in your work. He's worked with all kinds of companies. Um, Don't try anything because he's worked at the CIA, which means he's (laughs) more than all of us. Um, He's also worked with Facebook and Fitbit and Expedia and has also done some things with uh, the Fortune magazine. He has a master's in public policy from the University of California, Berkeley. Go Bears. I need to say It's okay. I'll take one for you. (laughs) And a bachelor's in political science from Vanderbilt University. And he is here with us today. Corey, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you today about just impact because as soon as I saw the work that you do, I was like, oh gosh, yes, this is where the rubber hits the road, right? How do we translate this type of work to what leaders can do and move that forward impactfully in the spaces they occupy? Absolutely. And I think that there are so many opportunities for it, right? As we look around and we see all of the things that are happening in the world around us, when we take this lens of what will really constitute the most impact, I think it helps us focus. 
Mm-hmm. Right. There's so many different places we could go. But when we think about where can we have the most impact, I think that provides a lens that really allows for people to think about how do I want to show up? Like where, where do I want to put my energy and my efforts? So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you come to this work and what you think really makes you unique as you approach the diversity, equity, and inclusion process? Yeah, thank you. So I would say for me, I come to this work from two lenses. I mean, one just actually being, you know, a black man and identifying as that primarily as my experience in the world and how I see the world. There have been many moments where I've seen that as something that I've had to think about in the context of how it relates to other people. So, you know, the very real, like, am I a threat or am I to this or to that in these spaces? And am I going to be able to show up authentically or not? And so that's one lens of like the diversity, equity and inclusion conversation, which is very personal. I think the other one really comes from just the way that I've been able to over my time, just working as a professional and then having conversations with other professionals and leaders. This conversation around like, okay, we talked about impact. Maybe we know the right thing to do. Maybe we've been in spaces where we've been like held accountable through like some type of internal survey or communication or conversations with our employees. But I'm kind of paralyzed. I'm kind of stuck. I don't know who to turn to to have these very vulnerable, possibly, you know, difficult conversations. And we're looking for somebody who can kind of just help us and point us in the right direction. And so I think I really connect to that idea. One of my kind of core drivers, I think, is just building community. The other one is development. Like, how can I help move people just from point A to point B? Because that gets me excited. And so I think the diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation then becomes a lens into which I can do both of those things. We can build stronger communities through more inclusion. We can help people along a journey by giving them the tools to understand how they can how they can build that and how they can build the space they want to see. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, first of all, I love the fact that you talk about this is development and building community. Because aren't those the kind of skills that we need to be successful no matter what sector we're in, right? Exactly, you, yeah. You can build community and you mm-hmm. can develop the people in your team to really thrive you're going to do well. Like that, that's like a huge part of the recipe. So one of the things that I I thought was so interesting before our conversation, we, we got to, to chat a little bit. And one of the things that you, you talked about was a story Mm -hmm. where you really came into an environment and you saw that people were struggling. They were struggling Mm -hmm. with about development part, they were struggling with the community building side and they, they didn't, they, they were, they were getting stuck. Mm-hmm. And so they were getting stuck though, because they felt like we're not experts. And so we don't know how to go about this work. Can you share a little bit about that and how you helped yeah. them through that space? Absolutely. So it was after uh, Philando Castile and Alton Sterling, two black men were uh, killed by police officers during different events uh, and different cities and different places. And so it was this moment where I think for many people, certainly in the professional space, they were saying, oh, wow, like, here's a moment where there's like something that's happened that's gained national attention that I wasn't necessarily aware of. And so people were reckoning with this conversation of like, is there a responsibility that I have to be saying something or doing something about this? Because this is expanded beyond the scope of just being a conversation just in this community or about this one person. And so I was seeing that conversation happening and people were initially just kind of coming to me because I had always been very vocal at that point about my own journey with like trying to show up authentically and the difficulties or the challenges of doing that, but also how I try to move forward as an ally. 
And so what ended up happening was as I started opening up these conversations around allyship, as I started sharing resources, so I started bringing people together. What I noticed was that a common theme that continued to develop was that people would say, I, be- I believe it. Like, I know that this is wrong or I see it. This is not what should happen to any human being or person or I know what it means to want to belong. Get it. I don't know how to start or I don't think I know enough information or I think I'm going to get it wrong. And there were just so many what I saw is like almost before doing the work, so many precursors or so many things that needed to be confronted particularly this idea of showing up as an expert, right? I think that we look at doing this work in this diversity, equity, and inclusion space as a charged space. And it is charged in a sense that is very personal to people, right? My identity is personal to me. So if you get something wrong, it will hurt me. It will. But I think there's a level of like almost resilience that if we're going to step into that space as allies, we have to build around realizing that I don't need to be an expert to start. And I also learn through these interactions, right? So I have to get comfortable with that discomfort in order to move through it. And so that's what I help people with. It was really not about even educating you on what it meant to be a black man or educating you on what it meant to experience police, you know, overreach or, you know, experience that injustice in your community, but really how can you connect with that common core feeling of what it means to belong and what it means to feel excluded And how can you practice just getting comfortable with that discomfort of saying, I'm going to go have a difficult conversation today. I'm going to step outside of my norms or my boundaries and do something different today, because that is the part that really people were were struggling with. Yeah, I really think that that's something I hope the listeners heard as a challenge that maybe they'll take on themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. What would it feel like? If I was in that situation, like mm-hmm. that's what empathy is, right? Putting somebody yeah. else's shoes on. So, and I think this is the question that I like to get to. And mm-hmm. what you just said is not just what will it feel like, because that requires you to sort of step outside of what you might know and everything, but even the question of what has it felt like, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. there are some common experiences that we have all in some way or another had some experience with, like, right feeling of being an outsider, the feeling Mm -hmm. of being left out, the feeling of being picked on, the feeling of being invisible, the Mm -hmm. feeling of, right. Where are those moments that we have? And I, I I always see a light bulb, like in the cartoons, you know, like I would see a (laughs) light bulb go off when people realize that it's not, it doesn't have to be that hard. Exactly. And And it's not that far of a stretch to think about those moments where you may have felt that same way. And then to connect that one start there and then connect it back to some of the, the bigger issues that are happening around us. Exactly. Again, we all, it's a part of our common humanity and our story as human beings to want to belong. It's why we build society. It's why we exist in community. It's why we're social creatures. So if it happens to be that I'm excluded because I'm black, maybe you can't understand what it means to be black in America, but you could certainly understand what it means to feel excluded from a space because of something that you can't control or something that you value about yourself that maybe others did not value as much. Right. So totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I, and then thanks for giving that, that context. I, I, I hope people feel encouraged, right. To mm-hmm. one, ask themselves that question, but two, to also like take the pressure off 
You don't yeah. have to be an expert, yeah. right? We're, and yeah. I don't even think like people are like, oh, Deanna, diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, expert, Corey, diversity, equity, inclusion. I'm like, I am a, trying to achieve expert level, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why people use that that terminology, but I'm going to die trying to achieve yeah. it, right? Like trying to move yep. towards it. That's the whole purpose. Exactly. It's, it's definitely a journey for everybody. And I think that's the other lens when you talk about approaching this work, it's like, well, there's the intersection here, right? I definitely know that I'm a black man, but there's also areas in which I know that I can exert my own privilege and learning in order to help others, right? So certainly as a man moving through the world, there may be things that I would experience that would not be what a, a woman would experience um, or, you know, someone who represents another gender that is to, you know, underrepresented in our communities. Um, And so for me, it's also thinking about that lens of, yeah, nobody is really an expert. So there's also that part of it too. I mean, academically, you can spend a lot of time studying this, but even still, there's that core experience where like you can't be an expert in something you have not lived, even if you've like developed an acumen for studying and understanding the language around it. And so then I feel like we're all on the journey, right? We all can be on the journey. Right. I don't think there's actually anything uh, to to be mad about. Right. When, when you talk yeah. about that, like I think that that's a, an amazing opportunity that we can all be moving towards expertise. We can all be on our journey. We can all mm-hmm. be trying to get better. We can all be trying to learn, you know, learn something, learn something new. So I, I want to pick up on something that you said there, though, about using your voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Understanding that there is some benefit uh, for you being able to have that clarity about your own identity and how you might be able to use that power uh, to really help bring another group that might be struggling, bring that power to them, right? Or yep. sure that you are dispersing it more evenly. So talk to me a little bit about that. I, I feel like you might have a story here. Too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I will start by saying that I'm a super comic book nerd geek and like pop culture uh, nerd. So I think of a lot of things in the terms of like heroes, sidekicks and and that. (laughs) And so when I think about my own journey and conversation around like, what does it take to use your voice? One of the things that I talk a lot about is like, let's make sure we're not using our voice to save the day and make sure that we use our voice as a sidekick. And so what I mean by that is that there are things that we exhibit, like when we try to save the day that ends up centering us as opposed to centering the community or the person or the people that we're trying to save. Right. And then there are actions that we can take, which as a hero might feel like, oh, this is a huge like movie ending act that I just did, as opposed to a sidekick, which is that my act was a part of a bigger picture. Like there's a bigger plan here. And so one of the things that happened to me um, as I continue on my journey is that I was working with the community in the like beginning stages of like the Me Too hashtag picking up and, you know, the conversations around like, what are we talking about when it comes to sexual harassment in the workplace? And I had an opportunity to create this program and like, there's going to be this town hall and it was going to be like, oh, look at uh, us really forcing this conversation to happen. And I think as I got along the journey, what I realized in the planning was that, you know what, like my power in this moment is really in my ability to bring people to the table, not in my ability to speak right now. Like, so my voice actually is strongest by not talking because I actually 
can't speak to these specific experiences, I can't fully frame it and I can't fully represent the voices that I actually want to uplift. But as a, a man, certainly in this space, there is a lot that I can do to bring people to the table and encourage them to see that this isn't just their conversation or just that event happening over there. And so it was both like an opportunity for me to learn and also like think about this sidekick model where I started asking myself, okay, how can I actually show up for those everyday moments? Like, I mean, the conversation around me too was a big global, became a big global conversation. The everyday moment is me sitting there in that space saying like, there are people around me right now that are looking to have a voice and I should amplify that, not my own. How can I confront these ugly truths sometimes that we see? You know, again, as a sidekick, you're looking at the world and you're saying like, look, I might have some privileges. I might have some biases, but I need to confront those if I'm going to actually help this bigger picture. And then what is my privilege or like what is my superhero like sidekick ability that I'm actually putting to good use, right? And in this case, it was my positionality and my identity as a, a man, like really making it okay and making it seem like, okay, this is a conversation for everybody, right? And how can I invite other people in and support the broader context, the broader impact that we're trying to have? So I love that you are using this analogy. I'm definitely going to start sharing this with people because it's hard, right? Like in these conversations, part of it is not centering yourself and stepping out of the hero role and really shining the light on somebody else. I thought what you were going to say, given that you have an amazing musical uh, background too, is that, you know, sometimes you have to be other people's hype man, right? Mm. Like sometimes, or hype mm. woman, or right? That's a good one. Because I always think about it like this, you know, people will pass a microphone to me often and it's because of the work that I've had the opportunity to do and kind of the spaces that, that I've been in. And there are many, many moments where I will take that mic gladly because I know that I'm a person that, you know, people feel comfortable handing it to for whatever reason. And I'll just pass it on to somebody else, still smiling, still happy, still <laughs> whatever, because I know that that mic pass right? Needs to happen, right? That there needs to be somebody else's voice that's amplified and that they're not going to get that opportunity until somebody passes it to them. And I think some of my proudest moments, like from a mentoring space or like a life space is when somebody will come back and say like in their own way, like, thanks for passing the mic. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, Beautiful. And yeah, I love that. I might use that myself, the hype person okay. analogy. So we'll, we'll do an exchange of analogies, but I think you're absolutely right. It's like there are just so many moments in which we have these confluence of identities or opportunities to really show up in a way where it's like we can support somebody else. So again, thinking about this skill, this about building community, like we said earlier, is something that you can use in a lot of contexts. And one of the benefits absolutely is building more diverse, inclusive communities, right? But it's a skill we can cultivate where it's like, I do have an opportunity or privilege I can leverage. And I'm going to do that to give this person an opportunity who might not have had it because they didn't have access to this space or to do it because they would respect Unfortunately, they will respect my voice saying it more than they will respect this person's voice demanding it. But you know what? Like I've now given them an opportunity to have that voice at the table. And that's a two-step process. One is recognizing that you have that privilege because we all have some kind of privilege, right? So recognizing it. Mm-hmm. Two, being being willing to to put that privilege and that power and stepping back away from it, right? Right. And get to somebody else so that they can so that they can use it 
to amplify their voice or amplify their, their stance or how they see what's happening. Right. Right. Okay. So I made a very small plug about your music, but I just want to tell everybody that before this, I was actually jamming out to his music. So I want you all to go to his website, (laughs) Corey, what's the website? Website. You can go to coreyponder.com. It is on the website. Yeah. So go check him out, see all the work that he's doing in diversity, equity, inclusion, all the work that he's doing um, in empathy, but also go check out his music. I'm I'm doing a a plug for it. And then (laughs) Corey, if there are other ways that people want to get connected to you, can you tell us just what our listeners, how they should do that? What's the best way? Absolutely. So on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you can actually just use the handle Corey T Ponder. Um, and that should get you there with obviously the preceding link. And then if you're interested in my work specifically on diversity, equity, and inclusion, the firm that I've established is called Impact Strategies. So you can look that up, E-M-P-A-C-T Strategies, uh, one word. And that will have all my information around my offerings around equity and inclusion, education, and speaking. Absolutely. Well, awesome. And we'll make sure that all that is in the show notes too, in case you missed it. But Corey, thank you so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate being able to talk to you and hear more about how you're using this work and really implementing it and towards impact, which is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love talking about this. Awesome. And for all of you who are listening, thanks so much for joining us again for another week here at Uplifting Impact. We need you to help us spread the word. So make sure that you are sharing this amazing podcast with all your friends, all your family, everybody in your network, right? So that we can really try and continue to build up this this voice, this importance around what it means to be an empathy warrior and what it means to be a leader in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. We here at Uplifting Impact believe that the more people we have doing this good work, the better we can make the world. So let's go ahead and do it. I can't wait to see you or, or be able to chat with you on the next podcast. Thanks so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.